0: You're listening to the Tennis.com Podcast, and here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hey everyone, Ed McGrogan here, an Australian Open Podcast. I'm here with Steve Tigner, who's down in Australia, Um, much better weather than than I have up here in New York. Um, It's supposed to be pretty hot today down there, is that right, Steve, from what I hear?
1: Yeah, it's supposed to be 39 degrees Celsius, 102, that's supposed to be the high this afternoon. It doesn't feel that hot yet. It's about nine o'clock, but um, supposedly it's going to get there. If I predicted something at the moment, it might not be quite that hot. But everybody, everybody's ready for the first big heat at Andy Murray's playing this afternoon. He said he practiced as little as possible yesterday, just to be, just to be as ready as he can for for today.
0: How how has the weather been the first three days? There was for the first time I can remember, people down there. I feel like we're talking about how how brisk it was. Um, was that actually the case in your Yeah, opinion? it
1: started out pretty cool, cloudy yesterday. Uh, the, the last two days have been good, sunny, not too hot. Um, there's a breeze. It's, the weather is generally pretty funny here. That If it's, if it's not breezy, it can be warm, and then you can, you can, you know, maybe an hour later, it can be breezy, and it can feel pretty cold, so you never quite know. Um, but today, I think, is the more traditional way we think of the Australian Open.
0: Let's talk a little bit of a match that's not going to happen on day four, but day five. It's unquestionably the marquee match of the tournament, Venus Williams versus Maria Sharapova, third rounder. Um, you know, We probably didn't expect Sharapova to win both her matches, six love, six love, but it definitely isn't a surprise that she's gotten through opening rounders you know, as quickly as she did. She always traditionally does that at the slams. But did you see this coming from Venus? She won her first rounder pretty much flawlessly, and then was it, you know, had a pretty easy performance overall on day three against Cornet at night. You know, she's looked very strong overall after a pretty up and down 2012.
1: Yeah, I was a surprised, you know, the first match she played, uh, she won 1-0, that was sort of vintage Venus Williams, not even a lot of mistakes, um, you know, pretty clean match. That was about as well as I think we've seen her play um, you know, in the last couple of years, you know, we've Granted, the opponent wasn't the best, but um, but this last this last night, she wasn't as good. She was a little more of the way we've seen her the last few years, making mistakes. Um, she had a few double faults. She had more errors than winners, but she she kind of um, she kind of manufactured the win. She came forward and when she needed to, and, and her opponent just couldn't take advantage of any any um, chances she had. So, it, so Maria is playing. If you go by form, you know Maria is playing a better tennis.
0: Now, who do you like in this match coming up here? It's one where you you just mentioned about consistency for Venus and and how that's kind of wavered recently. Sharapova, a lot of us, I think, have always... Kind of, still, kind of waiting for the other, the other shoe to drop with her in terms of having those bad serving patches. But she's really, she really has eliminated a lot of that over the past year. Of course, getting back up to number two. Um, but really, as you say, kind of both of these two are in, are in really strong form at the moment. So you know, between the two, who do you like to win?
1: Yes, you know, waiting for Sharapova to go bad it seems like waiting for you know Joe Wilfred songa to win a Grand Slam. After a while, you, <laughs> you just start to think it's not going to happen. She. I know what you mean. She has had bad serving, you know, patches in the past, and has had bad losses. She is, you know, she's not invulnerable to a first week loss at a Grand Slam. But, but I think, percentage wise, you have to. I would go with her today. She has a she has a four and three record against Venus. She beat her the last time they played on clay. They haven't played that many times, and they haven't played that many times in recent years. But um, I don't see a reason right now to to. to um, Think that she's
0: going to lose this match. Uh, another player who we have no reason to think she, he, that he will lose is Novak Djokovic, who uh, looked spectacular against Ryan Harrison in the second round. Um, just some, just some forehands that I just. You know, even after you see him over and over again, you just still marvel at them. His performance was a one, two, and three win. It was literally six, one, six, two, six, three. Um, kind of remind me of Federer, really, at his days at the apex, at number one, really that established top guy. Um, you know, Djokovic with his draw, he's going to avoid playing perhaps Federer, Murray until the final. Um, you know, do you see anyone giving him a really serious challenge up to that point? You know, looking ahead. The guys in his half that, in my estimation, are really the only true obstacles are Berditch, um, possibly Ferrer, and perhaps maybe a Janowitz if he does happen to get that far. But it um, it does look pretty good for Djokovic up to this point.
1: Yeah, you would say if Janowitz can can get there, he could trouble him just because of um, how hard he hits the ball. But but I don't really see Burdich You know, on paper, I don't see. You know, Djokovic has lost to Burdich once in his career. Um, he generally doesn't lose to Ferrer anymore. He used to a while ago. I don't you know, on paper he's just he's a level above those guys. I will say that Harrison helped Novak early on last night settle into a group. You know, Harrison was broken in his first game at Love. He double faulted to be broken and he missed a lot of forehands early. So Djokovic was immediately not like he was gonna lose the match, but he was immediately comfortable and and could just hit out and, and had no real worry. So I think it was a disappointing match for Ryan it really shows the distance that he, from you know between him and the top of the game right now but um so I think there's that to take in take in account when you look at Novak's game but but um yeah he's looking good he's he's he really loves this court that's that's clear
0: Is Harrison getting a little too much from Andy Ruddock? they're 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 good buds you know two Americans obviously but I guess when you mention Harrison um I'm thinking back to kind of Roddick putting a little too much spin on his forehand when it seems like he does have the power to really hit through that. And it's probably what he needs to do if he really wants to ascend as high as I think some people peg for him. You know, he also showed off, I think, 142 mile an hour serve. Um, Is is he still kind of um, playing a little too conservative for your liking? Is that what you mean to say?
1: Well, I guess he you know when he came up a couple of years ago, he was billed as an all core player. He, you know, he he could come to the net. he had a good slice back he does have a good slice back but now you see him and he he seems to he seems to to um, get on defense pretty quickly and try to win points from scrambling rather than dictating. I'm sure that's not what he's trying to do, but that's what he ends up doing a lot. so so yeah, you could see some of that erotic, like you said, some of that rtic element of of maybe putting a little too much air under the forehand and 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 losing pace there you know maybe that's something maybe that's something to change for the future
0: um up to this point what's you know what's the best match you've seen in person down there you obviously have a different perspective than pretty much 99% of us who are listening to this and that you are uh free to travel to any of the side courts you like there is good coverage of here with all the new uh New coverage technologies: Directv, ESPN, online. But uh, what's some of the best things that you've seen down there on the ground, Steve?
1: Well, there was the you know the Genowitz, um match against DeVarman was pretty exciting from being up close. It was there was besides the, you know besides the meltdown and the play itself, there was just the atmosphere there that that there was the there were the Polish fans who were into it and they sort of inspired. DeVarman fans, so you, you almost had the feeling like the scene was getting a little a little um edgy there in general um, also a good a good match that that um was played late last night uh, uh, Yankeetip herbige beat Lucas Lacco a pretty good follow... you know Sherevich was very good against Hewitt and he didn't play as well in this match but he ended up in the winning in a dogfight seven five in the fifth set that uh, that match. Had a lot of um, a lot of good tennis to it as well, but um, but you know, So far, I feel like the courts on the outside. One interesting aspect is the courts on the outside are playing faster than the courts than the um, show court. Sam Querrey said that the courts playing quickly outside. Um, that's something that I've noticed that that seems a little odd. Um, but the the main courts apparently are playing sort of normal slow, medium slow pace.
0: All right. Uh, yeah, I actually a couple of people mentioned that too. Now that you, now that uh, I think back to kind of to the broadcast there, and uh, you know, of course, all the matches are going to be filtering to the main courts pretty pretty soon with the you know the rounds passing by. But but it is interesting you mentioned that primarily because the Aussie Open has always been um, I guess considered slower than the U.S. Open for sure. Um, if you've seen that you can you've seen that up close. I mean, is it are the two in your mind comparable at this point? At least the side courts, in New York and Melbourne.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, as as far as what a few people have said and what I've seen, the, the side courts do look pretty quick and something along the lines of of the U.S. Open. Whereas what you can see from the from the main court and what some of the top players have said, that, that's sort of this, that in there, is sort of the similar um, Australian Open uh, pace. Uh, I think one thing that gets lost is that different courts even at the same facilities can be different you know different speeds and that happens at the US Open as well
0: all right Um, Steve thank we'll catch up I'm sure after this Venus Sharapova match and um, look for obviously Steve's reports from uh, Melbourne keeping tabs racket reactions posts etc and uh, we'll be back in touch in a few days um, that's all for right now. Uh, the Australian Open Podcast here on Tennis.com. For Steve Tigner, I'm Ed McGrogan. Thanks for listening. You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.